Uh, welcome to Health Skill Podcast today, a resource to level up your health. I'm Marcel, I'm a yoga teacher, and please welcome today a wonderful and precise instructions. So, I'm sorry, we receive wonderful and precise instructions from her. We have She's really passionate about Tai Chi and Qigong. I realized that the first time I saw her online and teaching. And this pa passion, she really embodies this passion. And you can see this when she's speaking. Welcome, I Pink Tai Chi here, aka Shirley. Is that correct? Thank you so much, Marcel. Yeah. So my name is Shirley and uh, my students call me Shifu Shirley. So in Chinese, Shifu is like the Chinese equivalent of sensei in yeah. Japanese for martial arts instructors. So uh, that's what my students call me. And we have this Twitch channel that I started in April wow. because we were shut down because of quarantine. And I needed a way to teach to my students yeah. because I couldn't have classes anymore. And I was pondering, how did I want to teach online? Because I'm sure you also, if you're a yoga instructor, you also had to decide how would you teach um, online. And there's so many options. And um, I decided to come onto Twitch. Uh, so it's been a really, really interesting journey because I brought along my students wow. who had never heard of Twitch before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ne never heard of it, uh, and um, I brought them on uh, to Twitch because I chose this as my platform to not only to teach to my existing students but also to share what Tai Chi and Qigong are all about to a greater audience too. So it's been such a wonderful journey. Um, and then um, I knew a little bit about Twitch, um, yeah. just a little bit because I used to game when I was younger yeah. and uh, I only knew of it as a gaming community. But then I discovered that there's so many amazing channels um, and, and so many channels that are devoted to health and wellness and mental well-being and art and music and um, creative outlets. Yeah. So it's been a, a completely amazing experience for me. Uh, so I'm so grateful that you're here with these podcasts where you're inviting different health and wellness and fitness instructors to share their practice. So it's been, it's, it's great. So thank you so much for having me on and doing this. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much yeah. for being here. I just can't say the same thing. So the first question is, um, how, how did you first start out with Tai Chi and Qigong? Uh, so, um, I was very passionate about martial arts um, in my 20s, so after I graduated college. And actually, um, if we go back a little bit, uh, I was a chain smoker in my younger days. And I, I smoked um, because back then we all did. And my friends and I, we all smoked um, a lot of cigarettes. And I did that from when I was 17 to when I was 24. And um, I wanted to quit smoking. 
And I uh, had always been interested in martial arts. Uh, it was one of those things that I was always fascinated with when I was younger. But growing up in a, in a kind of not not a very traditional uh, family, but you know, it's still martial arts wasn't something that I saw within my uh, reality as something that I would do as a girl. Uh, yeah. So it, it was something I was always interested in, but I never really pursued. But then after I um, was an adult, uh, it was something I wanted to try. So I basically replaced one addiction with another addiction. <laughs> and I uh, studied martial arts. I had this amazing instructor in New York, and we did a lot of different styles of martial arts. Um, and his background, though, was uh, Kung Fu. And he uh, had a, a strong Kung Fu lineage, but we did a little bit of everything <laughs> and I loved it. And then I moved to Connecticut. So I was looking for a instructor. I, I actually visited every single martial arts school wow. in my surrounding area. Mm -hmm. I went to every karate school, every kung fu school, aikido school. I knew I didn't want to do taekwondo. Um, and at that time, we didn't really have much Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I did a little bit, um, but it wasn't really what I wanted to pursue. Um, and then I found Grandmaster Ping Cheng. She taught wushu, um, which is a kind of a more acrobatic uh, form of Chinese Kung Fu, and she mm -hmm. also taught Tai Chi. Uh, but being in my 20s, I actually didn't know all that much about Tai Chi myself. Like in my mind, it was something that my grandfather did. It was something that older people did. Uh, but I wanted to do Wushu. I wanted to do the 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 really cool <laughs> kicking, flying kicks, like the things <laughs> that you see in the movies. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to pursue. Um, and then I tore my ACL. Oh. Uh, in my right knee. Yeah. So when I was recovering, I switched over to Tai Chi. Yeah. And uh, in my mind, it was going to be something that I was just going to do temporarily mm -hmm. until I got back into my physical condition to and, and got my strength back so I could do Wushu again. But after I started learning it, um, yeah. I just completely fell in love with it. And then I learned about internal martial arts, yeah. how deep it is, um, and, and actually how much harder it is to master than external martial arts. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I, I, I just kept going further and further down. And that was almost 20 years ago. So uh, that's my start uh, to, to Tai Chi. Awesome. And I was fortunate to have uh, one of the uh, best masters in in the world that that teaches it so awesome. so great so that's my start <laughs> yeah uh you you're really um can um can speak about that so naturally it's so beautiful very very cool so what is internal martial arts can you speak a little bit more about that absolutely so in martial arts it's divided between external and internal mm -hmm. um, and it's a matter of where are you drawing your power so external martial arts you are drawing your power from your muscles and it mm -hmm. is something that you train your strength on the outside 
internal martial arts, you're drawing the power from the inside. So you actually, like if you think about power in Tai Chi, your, the, your power is generated like a whip. Yeah. So you draw the power from the ground and you bring it through your body and it emits out um, of your hands. And like how a whip has that power that has to go through softness out to the end of the whip. Um, that's kind of like a, how Tai Chi works. And you need to bring your mind, your breath, and your body's movements all together, connect and move all together as one. Uh, so that's internal martial arts that captures the internal power as opposed to the power that comes from your muscles. Um let's let's go a little bit more into when a beginner comes to a tai chi and qigong class um kind of what the, can he get out of this tai chi qigong class like in the first lesson or in the first three lessons or so what can you expect from it yeah so the typical experience for a brand new beginner coming mm -hmm. in is realizing that it is actually a lot more difficult than it looks and what they think. And the difficulty isn't from the movement. The difficulty is because you have to relax to do the movement. <laughs> and people have such a hard time relaxing. Yeah. So that is the first um, experience for the brand new beginner is teaching you what it feels like for your body to actually relax, how to find where the tensions are in your body and let those tension release. Mm -hmm. um, people don't know how to relax. You know, so that's why when you get all stressed and you're, you're tense and stressed, when somebody tells you relax, uh, it just makes you so frustrated because <laughs> if you knew how to relax, then yeah. you wouldn't be stressed and tense, right? So that's what we do. We physically move your body and position your body so that you understand how to relax. So that's usually mm -hmm. the first experience for people is like, you know, oh, wow, I've never felt that before. I, I, I never knew what it felt like for my shoulders to actually drop down and for my arms to relax and for me to um, not have all this tension in my chest and abdomen. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, wonderful. So next question coming up is, what is authentic Tai Chi? Mm, <laughs> that's a really good question because that's something that I do say a lot about yep. what I teach and what our school is about. Um, so, and you can also, um, you know, share with yoga practices because I bet that there's also some um, uh, similarities in mm -hmm. yoga as well, where, um, you know, for, for Tai Chi, mm -hmm. people want to learn Tai Chi for its benefits. 
Yeah. They, they want to learn Tai Chi because they see people um, being able to move. They call Tai Chi moving meditation. Yeah. And they want to be able to move in that way and um, to be able to have all the health benefits that they hear. There's a ton of research on the health benefits of Tai Chi for um, a whole range of different things eat from your body, uh, like uh, balance and fall prevention and strength to cardiovascular benefits, to pulmonary benefits, to mental health benefits, immunity boosting. There, there are all of these clinical studies that show that. So people want that. Yeah. Um, but people don't want to learn it for yeah. the martial arts. Ah. So there's a lot of Tai Chi instruction that is out there that um, kind of the things that are, um, you know, what they think is easy to learn and remove the things that are harder to learn and still teach it as Taiji. Um, but when you remove the martial arts aspect of it, when you remove the philosophy part of it, um, there's a whole deep philosophy to Taiji. Um, and if you remove that, from it and only teach it as a slow, low impact movement exercise, then it's not authentic anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I like to uh, say what I do is authentic Taiji because it incorporates a lot of the philosophy, which has to be the, the root of the teaching. Otherwise what you have is this watered down light version and then if you don't gain the same benefits that you want to gain um that's the reason why because you're missing the key ingredients um from the practice you know so you know i bet that in yoga um there are uh similarities yeah. to to that completely. also completely yes yeah yeah uh it feels a little bit the same yes Mm -hmm. uh, but we are coming uh, to that a little bit later in the discu discussion. Are there ways somebody can hurt themselves with Tai Chi or and Qigong? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, very much so. And it is not because of Tai Chi. So this is where I, if you do, you know, take lessons with me online, one of the things that I always emphasize is your alignment, particularly yeah. your knee alignment. And this is where I see people injuring themselves the most and they're blaming Taiji or Qigong. Um, but it's not the Taiji or Qigong that's the problem. It's your positioning is not correct when you do the movement. So mm -hmm. a lot of people actually do injure themselves doing Taiji especially because there's a lot of movement forward and backward. We have a lot of weight that we put on one leg and there are rotations and there's rotations during movement. Mm -hmm. And if your knee is not in the proper alignment, um, perpendicular above your, your toes, 
um, and your knees are buckled in while you're trying to move and turn, that's when you can really hurt your knees. So, and that's true for any kind of exercise. Um, a lot of people are doing exercises where their knees aren't in the proper alignment and they complain about knee pain. So Taiji, it is something that shouldn't cause any joint pain if you are in the proper alignment and posture. Uh, so that's definitely something that I'm always looking for. And I encourage people, if they're looking for classes, whether it's in-person classes or online classes, mm -hmm. that's the first thing that they should look at in um, not just the instructors, but also in the other students around um, who, who are taking the classes, because that's an indication if the instructor is focused on that point or not. If you see the instructor knee isn't in the right alignment and if all the students knees aren't in the right alignment then that's something that should trigger a question for you um, whether you should yeah. uh, learn from that instructor in that school yeah yeah good um i'm sorry i i forgot a little question in the beginning of of our um podcast mainly i'd like to ask you about the difference between Tai Chi and Qigong and uh, yeah yeah just yeah, that yeah. that's probably like the number one question that I get like what's yeah. the difference between Tai Chi and Qigong and um yeah what makes it really confusing is that um how we pronounce these two words in English um mm -hmm. are not really correct yeah. <laughs> so um Uh, most people pronounce Tai Chi, Tai Chi, um, <laughs> because they see that it's spelled T-A-I-C-H-I. So they pronounce it Tai Chi. And then um, there's Qigong, which is you know, pronounced Qigong. And then they assume that the Qi in Qigong is the Qi um, that they're pronouncing in Tai Chi. Um, and uh, these are actually two completely separate words. Um, and uh, the, the, uh, and in actuality, um, it's pronounced tai ji. In, in Chinese, it's tai ji. Um, so it's tai ji and qigong. So two different words. Tai ji is a philosophy based in, the, in Taoism. Yep. It's the yin yang. So I think a lot of people know the yin yang symbol, that circle with one side black, one side white. It's a swirl. And in the largest part of one color is a little dot of the opposite color. Uh, and you have this swirl where it's big and then it goes down into the tail and then where you have the tail of one is where it goes into the big part of the other so this is the philosophy of the yin yang and it is the um philosophy of how the world works how the world is and the world is a duality that is opposing each other, seeking balance all the time. And that just exists. And it, you just have to accept that this is the existence of the world. If there is up, there is down. 
if there's black, there's white, if there's night, there's day. And uh, we're always trying to find balance between dualities. The opposite always exists, whether you want it to exist or not. You can't just live in one um, unchanging uh, uh, view of the, wor the world. It, so this is the philosophy that the martial art is based on. So the martial art of Tai Chi is all about listening to how forces interact and how you interact with forces around you, how opposing forces coming at you affect you and how you interact with yeah. If you fight back to a force that's coming at you, then um, that causes tension. Hmm. If you don't fight back and let that force just redirect it, you know, then you can um, use that to uh, as a martial art. You know, so that's what what Taiji is. How do you react to these opposing forces? And you have to relax in order for that to work. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's what Taiji is. It, at its root, is a philosophy that the martial art was built off of. Qigong is a different thing. So Qigong is a lot older. Qigong, the term, actually was coined um, in modern era. Um, and it was coined to um, put around all these exercises that have existed for thousands of years that incorporate breathing, um, stretching, and movement to improve the functioning of your body's health. So this is where I think that Qigong and yoga are probably a little bit more similar, yeah. where you're incorporating breathing and movement. All of these exercises actually are using traditional Chinese medicine principles um, in their movement. In traditional Chinese medicine, you have your internal organs regulated by meridian channels in your body. Mm -hmm. There are acupressure points along yep. these meridian channels. And the idea is if the qi in your body can circulate, um, then it can nourish all of your organs. If your organs are nourished, then they'll be healthy. If your organs are healthy, your body will be healthy and regulated. Um, and then it also incorporates physical exercise so that you have a strong vessel to contain all this um, good, healthy qi um, inside. So um, the goal of qigong is health preservation, increasing the quantity of the chi in your body, improving the circulation of the chi in your body. And then everybody who studies Tai Chi for martial art will also study Qigong because we use chi to convert into internal power. So we need to have strong chi in order to be able to convert that into power. Uh, so we practice it um, also to uh, improve the qi, which helps us become healthier, but also makes our tai chi better. So that's 
the the two different practices. I consider them cousins of each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are a lot of overlaps, but then there are differences. And then you know, for people who um, like don't know anything about Tai Chi and Qigong, I the way I explain Qigong is like it's if yoga and Tai Chi had a baby. <laughs> That's, <laughs> Yeah. I, I describe Qigong to people who've never done it before. I think it has the breathing and stretching yeah. that I see that yoga has, but then it has the motion and the movement that Tai Chi has. But yeah. you're not doing a martial art, so it's not as tech. It's not as technical. Yeah, that's beautifully explained, I think. Um, so um, in the preparation, I had some questions that have been given to me by uh, some viewers of mine and uh, still you have answered them right now a little bit still i like okay. to post them again so maybe yeah. you can just um uh talk a little bit more about it um so you mentioned that qigong is more like for the inner organs and the flow of the qi right so probably it's about qigong so i just posed this question as it, as it was asked to me how does Tai Chi, Tai Chi, and Qigong affect the inner organs? Mm -hmm, That's the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so for, for Qigong, uh, it's, it is based on traditional Chinese medicine principles. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever looked at a book, and for people who don't know anything about traditional Chinese medicine, there's a book that I recommend that I think is wonderful. It's called The Web that has no weaver mm -hmm. and it's written by a westerner so it's explained in a way that um, you can understand it because some of these books that are written in chinese and then translated in english it's really hard to understand um, not translated so well and these concepts um, are, are not really well understood in mm -hmm. Western culture. So mm -hmm. there are some books that I recommend for Western students if they want to learn about Tai Chi or they want to learn about um, like traditional Chinese medicine, like that this, a web that has no weaver is a mm -hmm. wonderful book. And they also have diagrams right in the middle that shows all the different meridian channels that run in your body. And in traditional Chinese medicine, it's, um, your organs are regulated by channels that run all along your body. So you, in order to help improve the functioning of your liver, um, you know, so are, you can exercise your eyes. Your eyes and liver are connected. Uh, if you want to improve the functioning of your bladder then there's a meridian channel that runs all along the back of your leg so there's like this great acupressure point right in the back of your knee that can help stimulate your bladder um, for your spleen there's a point that's right under your armpit uh, so that uses traditional chinese medicine principles of these meridian channels and different acupressure points so if you ever go and get acupuncture that's basically what they're doing is that concept is the chi is blocked And in order to unblock that chi so it can flow, then they take the needle and put it into certain points to then unblock. But that is a treatment. Yeah. It's not a cure. right? So um, how do we get that chi to just keep flowing so that the blockages aren't there to begin with? 
Um, and the Qigong exercises are one way um, to do that. So we get that Qi to flow and then we learn how to relax um, because when you're tight, then Qi can't flow. My master says that it's kind of like the way that she describes it is, let's say you have a closed window, mm-hmm. the air can't circulate through a closed window and that's what it's like if you have a lot of tension in your body then the chi can't flow so if you open the window then that um you know that can flow so that's you learning how to relax your body so that you can improve that circulation so um all these chico exercises that we teach there's an element of um you know the meridian um stretches and actually um, acupressure massage incorporated into the movements. Yeah, that's wonderful. I just want to um, uh, give some more information there to uh, kind of start connecting it a little bit to yoga right now already. So Mm -hmm. uh, as you were speaking of the meridian and the chi flowing through, I think this can be seen in the yoga a little bit, like the chakras, probably Mm -hmm. you also know them a little bit, that are connected to the glands of your your body. And yeah, they can also kind of like block in in the yoga philosophy and then the energy can't flow through. So there's definitely a similarity there, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, then we have a second question, uh, also from one of my viewer. I'd like to pose that question also for, uh, to you, even if probably it's a little bit answered already again. Why would you recommend trying Tai Chi to new people? Um, so the my students usually um, come to me um, from a couple of different um, perspectives with with uh, different goals. So the older students, they will they start Tai Chi because they realize that they're starting to lose some strength in their legs, that they um, aren't as healthy as they would like to be. And um, they are seeing that retirement is uh, within their near future and uh, a lot of people it's very typical that they sacrifice their health um, to make a lot of money so that they can be able to retire and then when they retire they they realize that their health and their fitness isn't really good enough to allow them the quality of life that they would like to have in retirement. So it triggers them to want to improve their strength, their flexibility, and find a low impact um, exercise that they can do. Uh, so that's for the, the people who are a little bit older. Um, but we also have a lot of students who are on the younger spectrum, young professionals in their 20s and 30s because they are dealing with a level of stress that is unprecedented. So the older generation um, didn't experience this level of stress in their 20s and 30s that uh, this generation is experiencing. Mm -hmm. And, um, And that stress 
is impacting their quality of life. And um, then that, they, they learn that Taiji can help them manage their stress. So uh, a lot of my younger students actually um, come um, to take Tai Chi classes because it was recommended by their doctor um, because they were dealing with such high stress that it was causing them um, physical health problems. Mm -hmm. And so their doctor recommend Tai Chi as a way to help them manage their stress because in Tai Chi, you learn how to relax. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so much harder to relax your mind. Mm -hmm. It's um, some people really have a hard time with meditation um, and trying to just relax their mind. And they know that they, they're just stressed and, and they're tense and they need to relax their mind, but they have a really hard time doing it. Um, so in Taiji, we teach you how to relax your body. <laughs> and when you can relax your body and you can slow down your breathing, then that helps you relax your mind. Yep. And then the movements, because it only works if you're relaxed, mm -hmm. then it just trains you how to relax. And then mm -hmm. that creeps into your daily life, too, that um, people realize, you know, oh, uh, they, they start relaxing their shoulders just more on their own, that they're um, not as tense, or they get into a conflict situation, whether it's at work or at home, and um, their response to that conflict changes. And then if your response to the conflict changes, it also changes how the other person responds to you. So um, it just winds up becoming a different way of being, different yeah. way of reacting to um, change and conflict that improves your, your quality of life. Uh, so, you know, that's you know, why I think that a lot of people, um, especially now and especially the younger people, are more interested in Tai Chi. And I see that in my school, too, that it used to just be older people who wanted, you know, who came in to learn. And now we have so many more people in their 20s and early 30s that are coming in yeah. to, to yeah, learn yeah. as well. Wow, yeah. Great. Uh, so many uh, people from different ages coming together and doing something together. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, actually. It's, I think that it's one of the few um, things that brings so many people together. So in our mm -hmm. school, we have young and old. We have men and women. It's a very even split of men and women. Yeah. Um, and we have couples who do it together. We've had a few um, parent and child that have done it together. So somebody will um, sign up for their parents mm -hmm. and then they do it together. Um, we And it brings people from all walks of life. So um, in our school, we have people who are conservative and liberal and doesn't matter what your politics are uh, what your personal beliefs are everybody deals with stress yeah everybody is dealing with stress and physical health problems so they're able to come together in this practice um and it just is this you know really really wonderful uh experience where yeah. we're just like all on this journey together 
yeah, I love I love this a lot about Tai Chi and Qigong, and um, in yoga it's rather a little bit leaning towards women right now, but uh, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, there was one thing that you have talked about that I want to kind of connect with right now, which is like the uh, mind-body connection. And I want to ask you, how is it in your philosophy? Kind of like this concept. I like to explain it, how it is in, in the philosophy that I learned, which is Hindu Shaiva Tantra. That's just the philosophy I learned. And in there, there's like, oh, yeah, you have uh, this mind and the body, and that's one. So we talk about one uh, instead of having the mind uh, disconnected from the body, right? And yeah. I wanted to ask you how it is, is it in your philosophy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in Tai Chi and in Qigong, uh, movement starts in your mind. So <laughs> intention, and I think that's in yoga also, right? Intention. So in Chinese, the word is yi. Yi is your mind, your intention. And it has to lead the movement. So you bring your mind, your breath, and your body all together. If the mind isn't in the movement, you're not doing the movement. Uh, and so you have to be present exactly at this one moment and that's the mindfulness part of it you can't attach to the movement that just happened before you can't focus on the movement that's going to happen next you have to be completely present in what is experiencing right now and have your entire body be connected at that moment and then be connected at every moment. You know? mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about the mistake you made before, then you're not in this moment. And if you are thinking about where the movement needs to go um, next, you're not in this movement. Um, so in Taiji, um, it's a martial art. So if your mind is not in this movement and your body is not all connected, um, your opponent is going to get you to the ground. Yeah, so your mind has to be connected to this movement. You have to be fully relaxed and connected. So it mm. really trains that mindfulness of yeah. it. Yeah. Good. Um, is, is, yeah. Still, is this a little bit of yin and yang philosophy, a little bit involved in your um, in your answer right now? Because I, I expected some some um, um, answer involved with like, oh, yin and yang and and uh, your body is more like uh, maybe maybe towards the yang and your mind is more towards the yin or, or something like that. I expected something like that. Could this be the case or no? So um, yin and yang mm -hmm. are in everything, <laughs> everywhere. Okay. Everything has yin and yang. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like separated where yeah. like the mind is yin, the body is yang. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, and, and that is like the yin yang symbol. That's what it represents that mm -hmm. everything is both yin and yang and yeah. they change. Um, you know, so, uh, like with the, the mind and 
body, um, you know, as long as they are connected, you know, just bringing that mind to connect with your body and being completely aware of what the body is doing and where you are too young or too young. Like, mm -hmm. so your mind needs to feel that in your body. Uh, if you are too far forward or too far back, you know, uh, th those mm -hmm. are the things that the mind has okay. to be aware of. Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for your answers. So let's come a little bit back to uh, movement right now, first of all. And let's speak about the differences uh, in Tai Chi and Qigong. Uh, and yoga. So I will start with that. I kind of like st tell you in yoga, we're holding sometimes a position for longer time periods and we're not moving or we're not moving that much. We try to hold it. We're probably moving a little bit with the arms, but we're holding it. And then we're moving to another position and we're holding it there again. And it's it's individual kind of like how you're moving to another position uh, depends on the teacher. So there's no no um, written rules that oh yeah you need to move gracefully to another position. However, um, uh, I'm I'm telling my students that uh, transitioning between the poses is half of yoga. So <laughs> yeah, and. That's that's kind of like how movement works in yoga. And what what I experience also uh, is that we have the hands a lot on the floor. We have the hands a lot of the floor. And I think that's a little bit different in Qigong. Could that be? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you hold the hand positions <laughs> into your positions, um, what what is the reason for holding the position? Is it um, to develop like the strength and balance? Or... It's, it's to get a little bit deeper into the position to feel your body and to, to reconnect of how, how does it feel and what, what can you change to make it feel different? It's, um, it's kind of getting comfortable into the position and feeling if something opens up suddenly as you're staying a little bit longer in a certain kind of position. Mm. It's so we want to we want to root down, we want to feel feel the ground and connect with our body. And it's kind of like meditation as well. We want to just connect with with that position and how it feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so in Qigong, mm -hmm. you know, it's a set of choreographed movements um, that have, you know, specific positioning. Um, so like yoga, where you're going into certain specific positions, um, in Qigong, we also have certain specific positions because we have to activate certain areas. Like, um, you know, the heart meridian, it runs mm -hmm. along from like the pinky side of your arm. So what, if we want to stimulate, you know, we need to bring this edge of the arm up. 
Um, so if you're doing a movement and you don't bring it up all the way, you're not getting that full impact. You know, so yeah. there's certain things that are um, technical in that sense of where you move your body, because if you aren't hitting those certain um, you know, movement positions, then you don't really get that same yeah. benefit. Uh, so, you know, that's that's what we're doing in the Qigong practice where, you know, we're trying to match the mind with the breath and the movement to do it all together yeah. where the mind and the breath lead the movement for the body. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, it's still getting that cardio exercise in with the constant motion and yeah. movements. Yeah. Um, IG is quite different um tai chi just because it's a martial art and 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 it the and this is where it depends on the instructor mm -hmm. if the instructor is not focused on teaching it as a martial art then they're not going to teach it as a martial art yep. so that uh, then it's not going to uh, matter as much whether you're doing the movements effectively or not because you know your body position also um it, whether you're in the right position or not will determine if you have somebody who is applying force to you um <laughs> your body position will really impact whether you can redirect that force or not. So, um, you know, that's where we wind up becoming a lot more technical about, you know, how do you relax? Um, you know, the, the difference between um, having your arm here mm -hmm. versus here um, is a world of difference. Yeah. If, you're doing a movement where we're doing this movement where here, pardon the wall horse's mane, and you're up here with your shoulder up and your arm up, then you've basically given away this arm. Like if I see somebody whose arm is up here, I'm taking that arm. Like that arm is mine to control. <laughs> that elbow is up for me to lift yep. up and then I can control your arm. Um, but if you sink your shoulder down, sink your elbow down, right? Then you've allowed gravity to become your best friend. That weight is down. Um, I have to work too hard to get mm -hmm. that arm, right? Mm -hmm. So there um, is a like difference, these subtle differences, um, your wrist, whether your wrist um, position, all of these little things, because there are application reasons for it. Uh, so it can be, become more technical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great, great. Um, let's go a little bit more towards meditation. Um, so in yoga, there there are different styles of meditation practiced and teached. It depends also on the teacher. So one teacher might teach a body scan. Uh, probably you know that. Mm -hmm. And another teacher might do yoga nidra, which is kind of like lying on the floor and and uh, sleep almost like sleeping meditation almost like that. so and again um this moving meditation this comes also in uh in kind of routines that you're doing so we're not just always fixed in place we're also doing routines with the breath that's also mm -hmm. involved but we usually go to the floor and um yeah, I, I wonder how, how it's like in, in uh, Tai Chi and Qigong, if that's 
different uh, if that's similar or different because i think it's rather a lot uh, really similar here uh, i think so so in our qigong meditation and in our tai chi meditation the most common is standing tree pose meditation zhuang. Uh -huh. uh, and you are like envisioning that your body is a tree and um, for Tai Chi, this is critical training because um, if you want to study it for martial art, you have to learn how to root yourself down. Um, you know, basically you're rooted. So if somebody tries to pick you up, they can't pick you up because your root is all the way down into the ground. Um, and it requires you to learn how to tuck your pelvis under, flatten your back. So there's a straight line energy from the top of your head down through your torso, there are two points, the Hui point on the top of your head, the Huiying point at your perineum. These two points <laughs> need to form a straight line. Yeah. In order for these two points to form a straight line, your pelvis needs to tilt under, your lower back has to be flat, your body has to be down, and there's a straight line energy all the way down into your feet. Um, so in standing tree pose meditation, this is our training. While we do it, we're strengthening up our Because if you stay down and rooted, you're doing weight training and weight bearing exercise for your legs. Um, so you're strengthening up your legs. And we do do body scans so mm -hmm. that you're learning how to relax every part of your body. Um, uh, so for us, the goal is to improve the flow of chi. So when we can relax our body into this particular position with this posture, mm -hmm. then you start feeling that chi flow. Um, chi, it's this esoteric term that a lot of people don't really understand, mm -hmm. but um, if you look at the more modern uh, uh, translations of what she is and modern descriptions. It's your body's bioelectricity. Um, and it, so, so it was always described as life energy. But now the more modern uh, uh, explanation of it is your body's bioelectricity. When it circulates and flows, uh, you have this very, very strong feeling in your body of energy. You can feel it's almost electric. So most people, when they feel it, it's a warmth pulsation. And I've done some mm -hmm. exercises where I have people feel the chi in their hands. And you can feel this magnetism yeah. when you have the chi in your hands. You can pull it apart and bring it together and just feel. It's like the, the same poles of a magnet. Yeah. Uh, you can like really feel that um, when it circulates in your body, a lot of people feel a pulsation. But once you get to the next level of, um, you know, the, the, the practice where you really get it to flow, you feel electricity and you feel it um, all over. You know, so that's what we're trying to increase and improve um, when we do our meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, so like... Everything else is a side benefit. 
Yeah. So our goal is to have that chi to flow. When mm -hmm. that chi flows, then that means that your body is relaxed. When your body's relaxed, you can, you know, it breathes more slowly, your mind will relax. And then, you know, all of that um, uh, kind of comes along for the ride. Yeah, I see that. Um, I like that it has like a goal aspect to it. Um, in in yoga, I don't think there's a goal aspect towards like meditation. I think it's more like doing meditation for for the sake of meditation. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I but I liked and respected a lot that it has this goal aspect to it. Yeah, but mm. you know, so a lot of people wind up actually trying to attain that goal um, to the point where it actually um, makes them stop being able to get that goal because they want it too much yeah so that's also the training is you just have to let it happen yeah. so the most common experience for people who start feeling that chi um flow is like oh my god that's so cool this happened it's so cool and then it doesn't happen again because they keep looking for it they keep like trying to grasp it and then it doesn't come because they're not actually just relaxed and aware and mindful anymore their mind is now trying to go and achieve uh, so it's also the practice of uh, teaching yourself to let go so it's um, a, a big challenge for people who are so used to being successful. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have a lot of students who are really, really successful in their careers, you know, very, very smart, um, you know, brilliant professionals who mm -hmm. are successful in their careers. And they find that this is the hardest thing that they've ever done <laughs> because they have to just stop trying to achieve. They have to just yeah. let it go and let it happen. And, yeah, exactly. um, and that's also a great um, thing for you to practice because you need to learn how to stop trying to control everything. If you try to control, it's not going to happen. It actually gets in the way of your progress. Mm -hmm. You have to just let it go and stop trying to control and let the body move itself. There's one more thing I like to ask you also about the difference to, to yoga. As I first came into yoga, I really saw wow, this is a space where I can be myself. This is a space where it's not competitive. competitive. And I really love that. And I wanted to ask you, is that true also for Tai Chi and Qigong? Too? So, um, well, I did do it competitively. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I, I did it competitively. So Tai Chi is actually a um, part of uh, Wushu, uh, Chinese martial arts. So we um, do compete in it. So I used to compete um, both nationally and internationally. <laughs> and um, like that, uh, when you when you compete, and, and you know, my master, she was the head coach of the Zhejiang professional Wushu team. So she trained us um, at a very, very high level um, as athletes um, you know and the competition aspect of it is not about the competition of you and other people it's it's really you working hard to improve yourself um, you know so that's 
that was the value of competitions for us is when you know that you need to compete, um, your spirit lifts, your focus increases, mm -hmm. your drive to train increases. And <laughs> when you have all of those things that come together, then just the quality of what you're doing improves. And that's true for whatever it is that you do. Whenever you do any endeavor, if your spirit increases, your focus increases, and you you know train and practice harder, you're going to improve. Mm -hmm. So um, that uh, was our drive. We don't compete anymore. So as a school, we've moved away from competitions. Um, and focus more on doing it for um, just personal uh, well-being. Um, you know, but there are a lot of people who have a hard time trying to not compare to the person. So why is Tai Chi an internal martial art? You have to listen to the limits of your own body. So when you see... Taiji being done. So me as an instructor, the movement that I do, you as a student, you're not there to match my external shape. What you're there to do is match my internal alignment. So my stance will be bigger. You have to listen to the limits of your own body. If you don't have that same strength and flexibility, your stance will be smaller your positioning will be higher, right? If you actually try to match my external shape, then your internal alignment will be off. Ah, now, yeah. So that's, um, you know, the, the thing that's really hard is people want to um, do more than they are physically capable of doing. And you have to swallow your ego and realize the limits of your own ability and listen to what you can actually do and, yeah. and, and not just try to do uh, what you want to do. So um, that's actually a really, I think, um, uh, uh, growth um, yeah. uh, process for people. Realizing this makes you really, really strong, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's a great benefit. It's actually been, um, honestly, Taiji has been the most ego bruising um, experience I have ever done. But it's helped me grow so much just yeah. as a person, um, you know, in, in more than just in, in my um, Taiji practice, but just in life in general. Yeah. Yeah. I just have one more question. Do you use your voice in Tai Chi, like by um, by connecting to your voice, like in certain movements maybe, or how do you use your voice in Tai Chi Qigong? Um, I think that for me, the connection in my voice is um, in meditation yeah. um, uh, more than anything else, because I do do guided meditation. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people who struggle with meditation, um, they find it useful to have the voice guided meditation where I talk through um, what to visualize and where to relax. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I think that, you know, that, that that's helpful. Yeah.
So uh, there's not nothing to do with with kind of the students using their voice, kind of like saying a mantra like it's done uh, in in yoga. Oh. Um, no, so there are some Qigong practices where you do use um, sound yeah. um, as part of the movement. So during certain movements, you say a certain ah. sound. So there are some Qigong okay. um, that does that. Mm -hmm. If you have any further questions, uh, we will be available a little bit in the Discord right after you people here, right? Friends in the chat. And thank you so much for your time, Shirley. And oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Like, I, you know, I, I love talking about this. I can talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great to learn from you and to, to talk with each other. Uh, next week, we have Men in Yoga and Yoga in General together with Yogo Ahana. This was Health Skills Podcast. Join in live next week at www.moment.yoga slash twitch and we are leveling up your health skill. <laughs>